Hi, beer lovers. Richard here. Great show for you this week on the DC Beer Show. Adam and I talked to Brittany Schlechter of Elder Pine Brewing and Blending in Maryland, one of the newer production breweries in the area. They've got a great founding story, and they're producing some really high-quality beer up there, so we hope you'll enjoy that. First up, let's do a quick review of what's happening around town in the next week. Friday, June 7th, the first Friday of the month, so if you live in Reston, you can work from Lake and Brewhouse all day long. There will be high-speed Wi-Fi, so if you're a remote worker, a small business owner, an entrepreneur, this is a great way to get work done while supporting local craft beer. It's sponsored by MTO Kombucha, who will be there from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. with samples and suggestions for shandy combinations. So check that out. Also Friday, Seven Locks is re-releasing their Bitch Monkey Sour with Guava in cans. I drank a fair amount of the non-guava version of this on Memorial Day, and it's delicious, so I'm really excited to get my hands on some of this guava version. You can buy six packs at Seven Locks and get $5 off a Bitch Monkey tank top or t-shirt while supplies last. Saturday, June 8th, uh, well, June is Pride Month, and to celebrate, Red Bear is having a drag show. Desiree Deke has an all-star cast with Showtime at 9 p.m. sharp. So head over to Red Bear Saturday night, 9 p.m., and check out the drag show to celebrate Pride Month. On Tuesday, June 11th, and every Tuesday, it's Brews Day at Kramer's Bar and Cafe in DuPont Circle, sponsored by DC Beer. Half-price pours of nearly 20 beers, including limited and specialty-run brews. There are food specials as well. This is great beer at a great price on Tuesdays at Kramer Books Bar and Cafe in DuPont Circle. On Wednesday, June 12th, Kenny Allen will be hosting an open brew day at True Respite in Rockville. The brew day starts at 4 p.m. You can hang out with Kenny and learn about the brewing process. Kenny's got more than 25 years of professional brewing experience. So if you've got questions, he's got answers. By the way, you can come and go as you please. So if you can't make it on a Wednesday by 4 p.m., don't worry about it. Go when you can. Also Wednesday, the Sovereign in Georgetown will be showcasing the Trappist Ales of Vestmala Abbey, including rare kegs of Vestmala Double. Brewing since 1836, Vestmala is one of only 14 members of the International Trappist Association. In 1931, they developed the world's first triple. I'm going to say that again. Vestmala developed the world's first triple in 1931. It's the archetype for one of Belgium's most iconic beer styles. So in addition to getting some of the first Vestmala double ever sent to the United States, there will also be the legendary Vestmala triple and Vestmala extra a potter's beer brewed specifically for the monk's consumption and usually only available at the monastery. Of course, there's no admission fee for this. All the Vestmala beers will be priced individually. You can get the details about these and dozens of other craft beer events at dcbeer.com. If you want to have an event featured on the DC Beer Show or dcbeer.com, send an email to info at dcbeer.com. Now let's move on to our awesome conversation with Brittany Slechter of Elder Pine Brewing and Blending. All right, we, Adam and I, my good friend Adam, uh, we're in technically Gaithersburg, Maryland, uh, northern Montgomery County. We're at Elder Pine Brewing and Blending, uh, out in the middle of a field of a grove, I think is the right word, a grove of 
of fully mature pine trees uh, sitting outside for the first time ever in a DC beer show or for the Brew Daddies. We are outside recording this podcast. So you're going to hear a little bit of ambient noise, but uh, it's very quiet out here. and It's very lovely. Quiet. It's gorgeous. And yeah, I never thought of that, that it's our first outdoor podcast. Yeah. Well, we're here with Brittany Slechter. Um, she is the taproom manager at Elder Pine. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, Brittany. We really appreciate you being here and taking the time out of your day to talk to us and let our listeners hear a little bit about Elder Pine. So let's get started and let's talk about Elder Pine. We're surrounded by pine trees. The name of the place is Elder Pine. So tell us how it all got started and, and what the pines have to do with, with this place. Okay. Well, how it all got started was years ago, uh, two of our owners, George and Paul, worked together at Flying Dog and they had a dream basically of going back to the basics, brewing their own beer and having full control over the creativity of all aspects of the brewing process. So it cards just fell into place. They called their cousins, Andrew and David, basically seeing like, hey, can we actually do this? Can we really make this work? And there just happened to be a family farm. That's the farm that we're sitting on now. It was originally a Christmas tree farm. As you can tell by looking, or when you come visit, they're not Christmas trees anymore. <laughs> they're not. <laughs> um, so basically the farm wasn't being used, but it was George's grandfather's farm. So a little bit of homage to the family of Elder Pine. Ah, so this is the Lynn family, George Lynn, who's one of the founders, and this is the Lynn family farm. So they called it Elder Pine because it was their elder, elder's pine tree farm. Got it. That's that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. So they they started out at at Flying Dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, how long ago were they at Flying Dog? And what did they do in between? Because you said they were, were worked there a long time ago. So was it they were they were there, they were, and then they did other things for a while, and then they came back to brewing, or not really? Um, they were there for a couple of years, uh, both of them. Then they when they left this process started. I see. I see. So they left and then immediately started working on this. And of course, this has taken a little while to get up and running because you guys are a farm brewery. Yes. So being a farm brewery, can you tell us a little bit about what you already have growing on the farm and what the plans are for the future? Sure. Um, We have a few different hop varietals that we have growing on our hop poles right on the outside deck. Uh, We will be growing more Hops out front, just basically we're going to try everyone that we know can grow in the state of Maryland and some that people haven't had success with yet to see if we can have success with here. Awesome. Uh, we'll be growing most of our own botanicals, hopefully some fruit in the long run. Um, it's all a slow process, one step at a time, but every year we'll grow a little bit more. Great. How long have you guys been open here? The tap room has been open for six weeks. Okay. And now, so for the listeners, we are recording this uh, near the middle, early part of May. Um, Oh, nice breeze blowing through. Of 2019. Of 2019. (laughs) Uh, So you guys, so so we're here about six weeks after you open. By the time listeners hear this, it'll it'll have been a couple months, maybe three months. Um, But so pretty new. But you started brewing before you opened, I assume. Yes. We started brewing just about a year ago at this point and uh, canned our very first beer at the end of August. So... We've technically been distributing beer since September of 2018. What was that first beer you canned? Pliable Foe. What was it? What's a yeah, Pliable what? Foe? Tell us about it. It's a um, 
Coffee Dark Mild. It's super light, very drinkable. It comes in at 3.8%. Um, you're actually drinking the I second know. batch. Oh, this is the second batch? So, yeah. So, um, we had a few people who wanted it to taste a little bit more like coffee. It does. Especially since it was so Ugh. light. So, this was actually one of the first beers that we did again right before the tap room opened so it's well was it's, one of our first beers ever to be served it, in the tap room it's really really good it does have a nice coffee flavor if you like coffee adam doesn't but i do uh but it's not overpowering and it is a terrifically light beer yeah someone who doesn't like coffee it wasn't overpowering at all i mean i still enjoyed the beer yes so very easy to drink it's you called it a breakfast beer earlier i did call I, it a breakfast beer yeah i think that's pretty <laughs> accurate because it's only 3.8 percent alcohol tastes like coffee but it's not i mean normally a coffee beer is going to be a coffee stout coffee porter something heavier maltier but this is pretty crisp for, yeah. a, for a coffee we uh we like to take it with us when we go fishing that's it sounds seems like a perfect perfect <laughs> fishing or camping beer all right but let's let's continue so Somebody told me that the farm itself is in the agricultural reserve. Does that place any specific restrictions or conditions on what you can do here? It does, to an extent. Um, basically, the building that we have is the only building we'll ever have on the property. Oh. Um, and a certain portion of our land has to be dedicated to farming. Right. So that's what we're doing. We're okay. definitely working in that path. They're giving us some time to you know, get the fields ready, get everything sure. going. And going moving forward. The, so the building itself, now, you were telling us earlier about uh, this building. We are surrounded by pine trees. We are, as I mentioned earlier, we're recording outside on this beautiful patio, and all we can see are trees. We can't see the road uh, that passes by here. Um, but you were saying that this lot was covered with trees. Yes, the whole lot was covered with pine trees until about three years ago when our wonderful brewer, Paul, decided he was going to take a year off from brewing and turn into a lumberjack. So wow. he personally chainsawed a tractor, cut down all the trees, and removed all the debris and brush. So this is a pretty sizable lot. I mean, that's a lot of work. It's yeah. just over an acre that we cleared. He, oh, wow. <laughs> that's a lot of trees to cut down that is and lot. chop up. And, and I assume, uh, uh, listeners, you can't see this, but we were literally surrounded by a dense pine forest. It's not groves. It's, it's a full-on forest, and it must have been what it looked like here. Yeah, it was a little thinned out more in this area, but, okay, but still. Not, not by much by any means. Yeah, this, is, this, is a lot. this isn't like cutting down two or three trees. This is, this is clearing hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of, of trees. trees. Wow, that is a lot of work. Um, and then you built the building, or to, had the building built um, <laughs> on this lot. So tell us about the tap room, which which uh, is, there's a lot of wood. <laughs> so there tell us about there that. is a lot of wood in the tap room. Um, actually, initially, initially, it wasn't supposed to be a tap room at all. We had no intentions of opening a tap room. Oh. Um, this was about... Uh, producing beer, canning beer, and getting it out to the consumers as fast as possible so they could enjoy the beer. A few of the laws changed, which allowed us the opportunity to have a tap room. So we decided, why not let everybody have it here as fresh as possible? There's nowhere mm -hmm. fresher you can get beer than at the brewery itself. Right. So it is very wood because <laughs> it was going to be the wood room. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Yes. Um, so their intentions were to have like a fooder room, 
Are mm-hmm. you familiar yeah, yeah. with fooders? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was the original intention. So all of the wood that's actually inside is reclaimed barn wood from a couple farms in Lancaster. All right. Um, and then the bar itself that's inside was handmade from a gentleman also up in Pennsylvania. This bar too, by any chance? This Bar? The one we're sitting at. So we're sitting at the outside bar recording this. Yes. Thing. This bar actually was made by somebody in PA, oh. but came to us unfinished. Oh. And we personally, well, with George, Forrest, <laughs> Lumberjack, uh, burned all of the wood and sealed it. And then we're painting a couple of, it's not quite finished yet. I see. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, we, we had our hands a little bit more into this one than yeah, the one, yeah. it, it, the one well, inside. It, I mean, it's a gorgeous tap room. It really is beautiful. All that wood, um, yeah. especially in the location, it's very rustic feeling, and it's it's really beautiful. So did the, did a good job with the transformation from the footer room to the tap room. Yeah. So, I mean, that's why the barrels are in there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we had to replace the fooders with some barrels. All right. So they're all full. They're all working. Yeah, and the outside area is gorgeous as well. I mean, I see you have the bar set up. You have a couple of uh, bars-type tables and a little bit of other furniture. Are there any other plans for the outside area? Yeah, we have a um, whole banquet table coming. It'll be a big wood banquet table for beautiful uh, people to sit out together. You know, breweries are about community. Mm-hmm. So why not talk to somebody you didn't know before? And why not talk about beer? I feel like they're it's, it's just the perfect environment. So... That'll be going in um, this area to the in the corner of the bar will actually be it'll have a live ceiling. So we have some wisteria growing. It'll oh, grow yeah. up and have a live a live canopy over top of it. Nice. Um, so you can enjoy nature literally standing in nature. So you gonna put a, a stage out here. We are not going to put a stage out here. <laughs> okay. Um. So we have a limited availability. Right. Availability capacity. Right. That's the word I was looking for. Um, of what we're allowed to have because of being a farm brewery and because of being an agricultural district. Um, there's only so many people we can have. So, as much as we would love to have live music out here, that's one more person or five more people, depending on who you have, that can't come and enjoy a beer. Right. So. Yep. For now. Yep. No, that makes sense. That that makes a lot of sense. But let's talk a little bit about any long-term plans that Elder Pine has. Um, I know you just opened. You've been been putting out beer since the fall. Uh, the tap room just opened a few weeks ago. Uh, but have has there been any talk about sort of what's next for Elder Pine? There's been a little talk about what's next. Um, honestly, we are kind of taking everything one day at a time. We don't want to push ourselves too far. We don't want to promise the world to anybody and not be able to deliver. Um, so right now our main focus is the tap room. The tap room comes first. Sure. So you want your new beer. You got to show up here. You'll see it in a couple of weeks, probably somewhere near you. Um, our biggest step forward that we're taking right now is moving into the DC area, which we hadn't done yet and possibly moving into Virginia. All right. So let's, let's dig in a little bit into that about your distribution, Mm -hmm. right? So you guys are canning. Yes, sir. All your beers now. Um, are you... Are you uh, you're shipping out to restaurants and bars as well, uh, draft? We, we do have a few restaurants and bars that we're working on right now. Um, that is our next step after we know what the tap room's using, what the tap room's going through. Mm-hmm. Then we'll be focusing on that just a little bit more, trying to get a little more visibility, 
and a little more easy access for people so they can enjoy it with a nice meal instead of having to just go to the liquor stores. So right. and then and then your cans are being distributed to stores in Montgomery County pretty exclusively right now. Actually, we're in over 100 locations now at this point um, wow. throughout the state of Maryland, as far west as uh, Hagerstown and as mm-hmm. far east as Easton. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, there's there's a map right on our website. You can go in and look so you can find the closest one to you of, of who carries us. But they might only have one or two styles sure. right now. But mm-hmm. um, Shelf space is yeah, but uh, we're, competitive. Just look for the black cans. You'll find us. You can't miss the black cans. It's really uh, distinctive, I have to say. Yeah, we're, we're in a bunch of different locations working more every day. Great. And then you just said you're you, talking about moving into D.C. Yep. in Virginia. Excellent. So just as a follow-up to that, um, so it sounds like Elder Pines really is focused on being a distribution brewery um, much more than sort of, I mean, yes, you've got to focus on your tap room and stuff, but it sounds like the real focus of Elder Pine is distribution and, and getting beer out to as wide uh, an area of consumers as possible. It's sort of the primary business. We're definitely more distribution than we are just solely the tap room. We want as many people to be able to experience our beer as possible. Um, but again, we are still, it's all just one step at a time. Sure. Like, you know, your view is to hope that everybody ever can <laughs> hold a can of elder pine. But at the same time, we still want to produce the best beer possible using the best ingredients possible and doing things the way that we do them, which kind of limits how much you can put out there. So we're going to do it slowly and steadily one, just one day at a time hoping that one new person gets to try our beer every day and just letting it grow from there. All right. Very organic. Perfect for a farm brewery. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of which, does being a farm brewery limit your distribution at all? How much you can distribute? It does. Um, So every different type of brewery has a different amount of barrels they're allowed to produce and distribute each year. Um, So we are limited to an extent of how much we can do. At this point, we're not going to hit those numbers this year. But if we continue to grow like we are, there could be a point where we kind of have to say, all right, guys, we have to stop now. <laughs> we can't go any further. So that's where the taproom comes in comes in handy, too. So I can produce more than I can distribute. Mm-hmm. So I can sell it in the taproom. They kind of make up for those those boundaries. Yeah. But yeah, being a, I mean, being a farm brewery has its, has its struggles. But it also definitely has its perks as well. Now, do you sell cans in the tap room as well? Absolutely. And do you do growler fills or crowlers? We do have crowlers at the moment. We should have, by the time you hear this, we'll, we will have growlers. Um, bring us your own and we'll fill that too. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay, great. So take home your beer in many different ways. But I love crowlers, I have to say. They yeah. keep the beer. It's just fresher. Um, you don't have to worry about drinking a whole growler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and losing it. Yeah. The only reason we've stepped back on the growler idea is because we do sell the four packs. So sure. Okay. The four pack cans are even less of a commitment. <laughs> <laughs> it's only sixteen ounces instead of thirty two. Right. Um, so, you know, since we do have the cans available, we wanted to offer somebody a bigger, bigger port. You know, everybody mm-hmm. likes to fill their own growlers, so why not? Let's go. There you go. Well, you can market it as, well, these are half a beer. <laughs> and then the half crowler yeah. <laughs> is the full is beer. The, is the actual one, one serving. So let's talk a little bit about the beer. Now, you are a brewing 
and blending company. Can you talk a little bit about the blending part, what you all do with the blending? Sure. Blending in our eyes is about more about our barrel aging process and about our sour process, which are also done in the barrels than anything else. So it's every barrel, though inches apart with the same beer inside, can taste slightly different at a certain amount of time. So it's the process of taking those barrels at the perfect time to blend them together to get the perfect aromas and the perfect flavor and just mixing that all together with the right fruits, the right bacteria for sours and things like that. So that's what our mind of blending is. It's about making the best beer at the best time and knowing exactly I need half of this barrel with a quarter of this barrel to mix it together to get the perfect flavor. And how, how do they figure, I mean, do they just try a little bit from each barrel Yeah, you, to figure out which ones they want and what percentages? Yeah, absolutely. So you drill a little tiny hole in the barrel. You get as many people as possible around to sit down and drink it and get all, all the opinions. Uh, this isn't one of those things where one person makes okay. this decision. It's, I mean, obviously it's Paul's final say, <laughs> uh, but we all get to be involved. So you sit down, you drink it, you test it. And then you go from there. Mm-hmm. I mean, once you start the actual blending process, that's all the brewer. Um, we just get to say how we like each barrel and what we think, what flavor profiles you're getting from them at that time. Okay. Well, if they need extra people to help taste, we're, we're available. You guys will be the first <laughs> one to call in. <laughs> we'll zip on up here. Yeah. Just, oh, that sounds like fun, though. It does. It really does. So, so oh. nope, Adam, after <laughs> you, sir. By all so means. you talked a little bit about the fact that you have barrels. Uh, what kind of beers do you have in the barrels, and how many? Like, is it is it a large percentage of the beers you do? Um, so technically, we haven't actually put out any of our barrel-aged beer yet. It all takes time. You know, as the best yep. quote ever is, it's ready when it's ready. So they're they're taking their time at this so point. How many do you have? How many do you have? Uh, we have eight in, in barrels, barrels right, right now. now. Wow. Um, so we have some Sagamore rye barrels. There's a Transpire, for people who do know us, was one of our first rye porters that we ever put out. Not all of it made it into cans. Some of it went into the barrels. Um, then we have Moonscribe, which is an Imperial Stout working. We have two different barley wines working. Um, there's a Holiday Ale coming out, which be ready for, because that should be out in time for our Christmas in July party. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, and then we do have two different style sour workings that until we get a little bit closer i can't really give you any details about (laughs) secrets secrets all right we'll have to check in we will try to check in uh before this goes out to see if there's more details that we could we can stick in the show notes we still have a couple months left yeah before they're ready probably not probably not but we'll, we'll we'll check in are you using the same kind of barrels for all the beers or not everything so we have sagamore rye barrels we have new liberty rye whiskey barrels as well so though both rye whiskeys they do have different flavors so you'll get different flavors from the barrels that they're in and then our sours one of them is in a tequila barrel and the other one is in a red wine barrel that previously held tequila wow so wait so one of them is in a barrel red wine barrel that that tequila was aged in first yeah first and then when the tequila was pulled out you guys put beer in it no, so they no, put the tequila in it. Out. The, when the tequila came out, the red wine went in it. 
Oh. And then when the wine came out, wait, somebody we put, put red wine in, in a tequila barrel? I don't know why they do what they do, <laughs> <Yeah>. but <laughs> but it makes probably it probably cool for, for us. Beer. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right, we're gonna have to try that. That's that a is. lot of complex flavors there. Yeah. Wow. Very, yeah. yeah. So I'm super excited to see how that turns out. And then after we pull all the whiskey from the Sagamore and the New Liberty barrels, they will also be then turned into our sour program. Okay. There's a lot to look forward to in all of that. Yeah, there is. Uh, I can't wait. There's so many things coming. <laughs> and so, so many, many and so many secrets. <laughs> so much we can't talk about. All right, I got to ask about this. Lagertha the Shield Maiden. Tell our listeners what the hell I'm talking about when I say Lagertha the Shield Maiden. The Viking style farmhouse lager. Wow. <laughs> all right, what's that all about? Okay, so. Uh, as many know now because of the show The Vikings, mm-hmm. Lagertha is a badass woman Viking. Yeah. So the beer is named after her, hence Viking style. But it is primarily used with a lager yeast, however, supplemented with the Norwegian yeast as well to definitely make sure it gets that vibe. Um, it does have farmhouse tendencies, which is why we're calling it a farmhouse lager. But it has been cold aged like a lager is supposed to be and uses most of that yeast. So, um, it'll be available by the time this podcast airs. It actually comes out in just a couple of days and I got to try it last week and I'm so excited. I can't wait for everybody to get to try this because I mean, with a name like that, it's hard to stand up to it and it it totally does. (laughs) It totally does. Excellent. Excellent. There's a lot of good stuff coming out of Elder Pine. Yeah. We have some really cool things coming. All right. Well, we are excited. About all of that. Yeah, now I saw also on your menu that you have a good number of hazy IPAs. Mm-hmm. How did y'all start getting into that style? I mean, I know it's a little bit more popular these days. Um, I think our best thing to say about hazies is they're actually, they're just so true to what they are. Um, they're a lot of fun. You can kind of do whatever you want with them. And there's so many different flavors that you can get out of a hazy IPA that you can't necessarily get out of an like a West Coast IPA or necessarily a New England IPA without adding a bunch of things to it. Right. It's just all in the way that it's brewed, what temperatures it's done at, and things like that. So they're fun to experiment with, but yet at the same time are just very organic and just back to the basics kind of brewing. So... If we can do it, why not do it? <laughs> awesome. I was like, you're drinking one right now. So. Yes, I am. And it, it was very tasty. I mean, mm. it had a great aroma. Yeah, that, the Celestial is definitely one of my favorites. Um, if you read the description on our website, it is like a fruit cup. Ooh. So it starts with one flavor, finishes with a different flavor. It's, it takes you through every step of your childhood nostalgia of that fruit cup <laughs> that had the one cherry in it that everybody fought over because you... <laughs> Why do you only need one cherry? Um, but it definitely starts out very peachy, runs into like this peach and pineapple flavor, and then finishes with this smooth, cool pear flavor as the temperature rises. So it's not one of those beers that you're like, oh, man, I let it sit there. I can't drink it now because, hey, when you pick it up, it's going to taste like a different beer, but it's still delicious. Oh, that's fantastic. Right. Yeah, and I didn't read the description before I drank it. I didn't get um, to, I got one sip of that. Thank you, Adam. Thanks, man. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Oh, wait, to, you were being facetious, weren't yes, you? Yes, I was. I fell on the sword. Adam doesn't like coffee, oh, so no. I drank the coffee beer. Um, fell on the sword. It's very good coffee <laughs> beer, but uh, I'm going to have to have one of those. 
I'm going to have to. I think I have some more. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we talked about the hazy IPAs, a little bit about sours, barrel-aged beers. What other kind of beers are you all brewing now? Actually, we, we brew a lot of dark beer, surprisingly. Um, but dark, easy-to-drink beer. So basically, the way that our brewers and our owners think, like, we're beer lovers, but we drink beer because we like beer, not because we necessarily want to get drunk. Right. Right. So, not that that's a bad thing. You know. <laughs> no judging here. We don't judge. <laughs> we do no, we, we don't We'll judge. get there. But, you know. Um, so, we just brew what we love. Uh, so, we have a porter on right now. We still have a stout on right now. I'm saving another one for that Christmas in July party. Mm-hmm. We have a black lager out right now that they, I know they sound dark, but they're super light and super refreshing for dark beers. And it's it's like a multi version of a light beer. So it's awesome yeah. for summertime, especially yeah. if in the winter you want stouts, but they're a little heavy for you over the summer. All right, cool. I got you. Like <laughs> I have something awesome. And uh, we just put out a, a black IPA. I love black IPAs. Yeah. I guess I'll send you home with one of those too. Uh, yeah. um, that are amazing. So we're not against brewing any style. I guess our big thing is we're just not going to brew anything. We wouldn't drink. As beer lovers, if we don't want it, it's not going to leave this building. All right, that's a that's a good uh, principle. Motto. Yeah, principle, principle motto, to stick yeah. to as a as a, as a brewer. I I appreciate that. You mentioned a couple of times Christmas in July, which we are super looking forward to, uh, and we want to make sure we get all the details at dcbeer.com because uh, I want to make sure that we can we can tell folks about that, but. What other things do you have? Like, tell us about some of the upcoming events, um, keeping in mind that uh, our listeners are going to be hearing this sometime in June. Is there anything else that they should know about coming um, out soon or happening here at Elder Pine? So we don't have too many events planned yet at this point. I mean, look for us at every beer fest that you see because we want to go to them. So why not give you our beer while we're there, too? So yeah. we'll be at most of those. Um, we are going to have an awesome Halloween party. Uh, heavy metal Halloween. Nice. Cool. Coming and then Christmas in July. But at, at this moment, that's all we really have planned, like massive event-wise. Um, we'll have food trucks every weekend. Oh, that was another question I had, so I'm glad that you are, answered that, that before are, I asked. Yeah, that are coming. <laughs> um, they start actually in just a couple of weeks. So they'll be here every Saturday or every Sunday, hopefully both, yeah. once they realize that enough people are coming to, <laughs> to justify them being here. So, yeah, I mean... Honestly, I don't even know what beer we're putting out in the next two months. <laughs> the brewer doesn't know what beer is coming out. Because it's ready when it's ready. In two months. So yeah. it's it's ready when it's ready. Right. So it's it's hard to plan things around there. Um, we do work closely with Oscars All right. in Eldersburg. So we are doing a beer dinner with them. Um, that isn't until July. So everyone okay. should hear this before then. Um, we're totally up for a lot of ideas. We have a lot of... We have a lot of ideas. Right. <laughs> um... <laughs> We kind of got to rein ourselves back in a little bit of <laughs> and uh, decide on exactly what we want to do. But yeah, our two big things we have coming up will be Christmas in July and then our heavy metal Halloween. Nice. Brittany, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thanks for showing us around. Thanks for uh, letting us record outside on this beautiful patio. And thanks for telling us all about Elder Pine. Is there anything else that you think that our listeners should know about Elder Pine Brewing and Blending Company, including where they can find you online? Well, our website is elderpine.com. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. 
those are honestly the best places to follow us. It's where you'll get everything that's new and coming. You can just follow Elder Pine Beer. But yeah, I just look forward to what's coming and hope everybody else is looking forward to what's coming. And thank you guys so much for coming out today and talking to me and hanging out with me outside on our deck. Yeah. Well, I'm glad. It wasn't that hard. It's yeah. really, <laughs> <laughs> it's really totally, totally worth it. Thanks for listening to the DC Beer Show. Be sure to check out dcbeer.com for all the news and events happening in the region's craft beer scene. Subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Pour. Follow us on all the socials at DC Beer. And give this show a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to come back for next week's episode when Adam and I talk with the one and only Greg Engert, the man responsible for such amazing craft beer experiences as Church Key, The Sovereign, Blue Jacket, Snallygaster, and more. That's next Wednesday on the DC Beer Show. Thanks for listening.